Hello and welcome to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with your club rugby hosts Caitlin Gould and Callum Johnston as we are here at Rayburn Place, the home of Edinburgh Ackies to celebrate 50 years of official men's club rugby competition in Scotland and we're going to chat through a little bit of the history and looking forward with Drew Johnston from Muscle Rugby Club and Ali McDonald from Dunfermline Rugby Club. Gentlemen, welcome to you both. It's good to be here. Hi, happy to be here. Uh, so before we get into it, obviously you guys have both been part of your clubs now for quite a long period of time. We'll start with how you guys got involved in rugby. Um, Drew, we'll start with you. How did you get involved way back in the days? Well, I'll go back a wee ways, Callum, as you know. Uh, I joined Musselburgh Rugby Club in 1974. So just after the onset of League Rugby, Musselburgh had been placed in Division 3, had got relegated to Division 4 and then got relegated to Division 5. I was only 16 at the time, so uh, that's uh, it wasn't anything to do with me. We did form a Colts side back in 1974-75 season, and that uh, I was still a bit young for that really, but uh, that was the cornerstone of the recovery of Musselboro back up the leagues. Uh, they survived in Division 5 in 1975-76, and then 1976-77 they went on what we could call a journey to uh, the, the National 1. Uh, they, w- they won Division 5 that year undefeated and then an onward progression up to Division 1. So that's uh, basically where I started. And Ali, yourself, obviously at Dunfermline Rugby Club as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, I started in 2013, I think it was. Uh, and the under-15s, under-14s at the time. Played a little bit before that in high school. Uh, but yeah, I don't, unfortunately I don't have the same history there <laughs> uh, that Drew's well, got. Some of us have been around a long time. by the grey hairs on <laughs> Played uh, age grade for a while, up into Colts. Had a slight hiatus after that, getting into work and whatnot. And then back in when I was 21 uh, to join the senior men's side. So both, I mean, you started off as really young teenagers. Um, what do you think you gained from being involved in a sporting environment in terms of your then going into a career um, and, and building friendships as well? Well, that's it, uh, Caitlin, because um, back then you just played with your mates. It was all amateur rugby. There was, there was obviously some payments going on somewhere, but we, they were all under the carpet or in the boot money, as they would call them in those days. But uh, really, it wasn't as it is just now professional rugby. Um, Musselburgh itself didn't even have a coach back in 1973. The captain did all the work. And then it was uh, we, we got a bit more professional, not in the terms of payment, but uh, playing with uh, a bit more uh, structure, uh, training a bit harder, and uh, we all came out the Colts over the two, three years, 74 to 77. Everybody that came out of that Colts team graduated to the first or seconds. I actually played in the fifths uh, the first time, and I did ask why I was in the fifths, and that's because we didn't have a sixth. <laughs> so that was it. So it was, uh, it was a learning curve. But you were playing with a lot of older guys. We didn't have age group rugby like we do now, uh, so you, you weren't getting minis or anything like that until a bit later on, where Ali's come in. So it, it was great, and we just all played with your mates. I'm still friends with them, 45, 46 years later. So yeah, I yeah can't argue with that. I made lifelong friends playing rugby at Dunfermline. I think I still play with four or five boys that I've played with under 14 so I've known each other for over 10 years now so lifelong friendships got to be right up there. Yep. 
And obviously, like Drew, as you've touched on, there's been a lot of change um, over the years. Um, but you were involved at one point in Musselburgh's team when they were in the Premiership. I think it was back in the 70s or 80s, was that? Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like for you as a player? Well, having come up through the leagues, four, uh, five, four, three, uh, two, back down to three, back up to two, and then we're, we were all close. And uh, in those days, all the internationals played at their club sides. And I was saying to Callum earlier on, I was trying to count up how many internationalists that I'd played against. And I reckon I played against about 75 internationalists Aye, in my time. Amazing. Because of, uh, they were, you know, we, when we got promoted, actually, Gala were in the second division. <laughs> they got relegated. <coughs> so they had a plethora of uh, internationalists, Derek White, people like that, that. Household names back in the 80s. It was 1987 that we got promoted. And... Uh, so it was a fantastic experience, um, rubbing, rubbing uh, shoulders with uh, heroes, really, that uh, you'd watched growing up. And uh, we tried not to get overawed too much. Uh, we, we did okay when we got to the top league. Uh, our first game was against Stuart's Melville. Was, it was a fantastic game. They, they had uh, Finlay Calder, they had Jim Calder, they had the Brewsters playing. So um, a really experienced team, and we managed a draw. That's amazing. The last kick of the game. Wow. <laughs> That's it. Our uh, little scrum half, Donald McDonald, who was probably one of our better players, uh, best players actually, and managed to kick a conversion from the touchline to get us a draw. Oof. I think uh, I can't repeat the words that the Stuart Melville players were using <laughs> behind the posts. <laughs> but, uh, it was something like the little so-and-so has kicked it. To me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got off to a great start and from there it was a great experience. Ended up down at Hoyk in our year uh, playing against uh, a pack that had about six internationalists in it. McGawkey, Turnbull, Tomes. Tomes was playing, Jerry McGuinness, Jim Hay. So really great days. We dropped back down, then we, we, we stayed hung around Division 2 for a long time after that. So that experience of getting up to Division 1 really helped us. So yeah, it was, it was fantastic times. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds amazing. And I think also you've kind of touched on the fact that, you know, you've fluctuated, fluctuated up and down the league, but now Musselburgh are back in the Premiership. You've been there competing for the last three seasons that we've had a Premiership. Yeah. Um, how's that been going for the squad? Well, Super 6 Rugby, people sometimes don't have a lot to say good about Super 6 Rugby, but it was fantastic for Musselburgh because we sneaked into that top six position <laughs> <laughs> by the skin of our teeth by getting a bonus point against uh, Jed. When all the all the first fifteen were away on holiday, on a stag, they were on a stag do for the captain because the, right. the game. I remember that game. the game had been rescheduled because it was meant to be a winter game. So they thought, oh, there'll be no, um, there'll be no rugby going on that point. We can go on my stag do, and then the game got rescheduled, and that was, that was not. You a know great what? Day. If there's any good excuse to miss a rugby game, though, it is for it's, a stag do. Let's be honest. <laughs> there was a great video of all the players in the. Um, in their villa or in their hotel in Albufera or where it was, celebrating when they heard the final score came. Oh, in, which we which showed point, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was fantastic um, for the club because we have been down. We went down to National One in 2010-11, and uh, so that was out the leagues, uh, the national leagues. Um, but we came back up and uh, Division Three, Division Two, Premier Premier Rugby. And then getting that promotion, it just buoyed everybody up. And we've been lucky because um, Musselburgh's history is when we've had a good Colts side, the first 15 benefits uh, after that. So around 2010 or thereabouts, 
there was a really good cold side uh, with the likes of the players that are there now, the Woonsons, Michael Maltman, uh, and that core, they, they went away, but they came back. Mm -hmm. And that's the good thing about Musselburgh being a community club. They do, they do tend to get the players back at the end. So um, bolstered by a few uh, incomers, if you like, mm. and we survived the COVID. Mm. <laughs> the COVID. <laughs> I was president actually in the COVID year, so I was only president that's been undefeated. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> in Division One, we didn't win any games either. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, but um, and of course last year we had the great escape, um, where we managed to have a great end to the season. And so we're back again and really looking forward to it. And obviously, Ali, Dunfermline's gone on a really similar journey, has fluctuated up and down the National Leagues, but uh, Dunfermline's first 15 are now International Four. Um, it's a new division that's been introduced following the 2022 AGM, um, where the motion was passed to introduce a fourth tier of national rugby. Um, you are, you guys gained promotion out of Caledonia 1. Can you tell me a little bit about that promotion journey and how the squad's feeling about going back into national rugby? Yeah, of course. It was, uh, it was quite the journey. Um, we've, we've been in similar positions for the past few years, coming second, third, just missing out on that promotion spot, which would have been potentially international free at the time. So the introduction of National 4 was a a big boost for us. We knew it was coming. We knew what we were playing for at the time uh, to really work in and get there. And we had our ups and downs throughout the season, as I suppose everyone does. But uh, won some, lost some, won some, uh, lost some crucial ones, which we really should have won. But come the end, we, we've managed to make it work. And I think there's a real buzz about the club because of that to get into the national leagues again, be it National 4, National 3, whatever it is, just to be in those national leagues again, I think means a lot to the people at the Dunfermline Rugby Club. It's a similar situation though to Musselburgh, isn't it? It's yeah. obviously a very community club and you're going back there to play your mates. So a lot of your um, a lot of your teammates still obviously mm -hmm. that same group, that same core people that have been at the club for so long. Yeah, it's, it just makes it all that more special when you manage to get promotion with these boys that you've been playing with since you were 14, 15, 16 years old. But then also you do have these new faces, which is again, just one of the magic things about rugby and that I've got to meet people through different walks of life that I don't think I'd ever get to meet if I hadn't been playing rugby. Like, I'm now good friends with my mortgage advisor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Good thing no, to have. Yeah, brilliant friend to have, mm -hmm. but I'm just thankful to rugby because without it, I may not have been able to meet him. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, Drew, do you remember I have memories of McCain Park back in the day as well? I remember once um, playing at McCain Park in Be a very kind. important <laughs> league game. A very important league game. I've got to remember, Dunfermline were above Musselburgh when it first started mm. the leagues. So th they were placed in Division 2 uh, back in 1973, and we were Division 3, and then we dropped down like a stone then, so <laughs> after that. But we played one game there, and we were absolutely under the cosh for the whole game. And then uh, last seconds of the game again, I managed to win a line-out, which is a very rare occurrence. <laughs> 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 it's a very rare occurrence. Donald threw out about a 50-yard pass, and uh, our standoff Clifford Livingston, uh, a well-known character in 
rugby circles dropped a goal from 40 yards to, to win the game with the last kick of the game again so that's a, f that's a fond memory of McKean <laughs> it was obviously before my time that one oh, yeah. long, long, long ago, long way ago. Before. Yes, again a little bit before your time yeah. Ali but you may remember from being younger that also another time that Dunfermline and Musselburgh faced off was in the National Shield about 11 years ago I hate to bring it up Drew but obviously <laughs> no, Dunfermline <keep> they <laughs> came away with that National Shield win and Ali that's something that's actually still like really spoken about within mm -hmm. the club and it's something that the club pulled really near and dear yes. um, to be able to have done that at Murrayfield. I actually, it may have been a different uh, cup game at Murrayfield, but it's all the same in my head. But I, I think I may have been there. It was a, I think I would have been maybe under 16s, maybe just gone into Colts a couple of years before me. But uh, yeah, it's still highly regarded around the club. Um, we still have posters up on the wall, I believe, <laughs> with uh, the pictures of the team that managed to do it. And fortunately, I still get to play with some of the boys that are in that, that cup winning team. And you can you talk about it. We unfortunately missed out last year on our cup run, but you could see it in the faces of the boys when you were talking about the games and potentially going to Murrayfield, how much it still meant to them and how raw, well, maybe not raw, but how fresh it was in their mind of how, how well they played and, and how good it was to be there and win at Murrayfield. They did play very well that day. It was um, uh, they, they managed to stifle their pack. Uh, I remember that, and uh, we just didn't didn't manage to get over the line. It was a very tight game, very very exciting for Dunfermline. So exciting <laughs> for us, but uh, but we still had a great season that year. That was the year we were out the Premiership leagues, and uh, we'd already won promotion back to the the Premiership, which was the ultimate goal. And that would have been the icing on the cake, but unfortunately we just had to eat humble pie. <laughs> but it was still a great day at Murrayfield, though, as well, for oh, everyone in the club. What a night, what a night, Callum. Do you remember much of the night? <laughs> I, can, I can remember quite a lot. The, the boys, when they came by, we, we had a lot to celebrate that year, but uh, it just stuck a bit that we didn't get over the line that one game. But the shirt's still hanging up as well, and going back to that thing, obviously it's just the memories that the players have created over these years as well, and it's stuck yeah. with them, like being able to run out for your club, win or lose at Murrayfield would, right. would have been an incredible occasion for them. So. It was. Absolutely. Obviously we've really reflected on the past, but yeah. looking ahead at the future, um, do if we start with you, Musselburgh are at home for their opening game of the Premiership, taking on the league newbies, Kelso. Yeah. What are you expecting from that game? Well, it's never easy against the border side, as you know, <laughs> that's it. And uh, Kelso obviously performed fantastically well last year. They had a good core of players. Uh, I think everything comes down to um, the forwards. If Musselburgh can compete up front, I think we've got city backs there now that can uh, can score tries. Uh, our defence out wide should be fairly good, but it'll all come down to the front five. And I think that's, um, I think we've got our own challenges there um, if we get our number one team out I think we've got every opportunity to beat the to beat Kelso in the first game but uh, it'll be a it'll be a blood and guts <laughs> encounter <laughs> we, we go and hammer and tong we know what it's like when a team comes up mm. and they'll be trying to put one over on Musselburgh in a fortnight or so Yeah, and Ali, obviously your opening game. It's on the road to another team that got promoted into National Four this year as well, North Berwick. How are you feeling for that? The 
nerves and excitement of one league rugby and two just getting back into it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like you say, trying to get back into it, blowing the old cobwebs off. Obviously, we've done uh, the vast majority of pre-season now, and we're looking in, in decent shape. I'd say we performed really quite well uh, last year, especially in attack. I think for us would be the main thing is working on that D a little bit more and just making sure we're as strong in defence as we are in attack. We, we, we've proven last year that we can score tries. Now we just try to keep some out, and especially against a team like North Berwick, who I believe were, if not undefeated, not far from undefeated in their league last year. So it will be definitely a close game and, and potentially... I don't want to speak too soon, but a wee league decider in there maybe no. early days, but you never, you never it know. definitely will be interesting to see and, and just see how we hold up in a national league environment as well, hoping that we can keep up the pace, keep up the momentum that we had going for us last year as well. You've got to be enthusiastic about a new season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I say there's no love lost on the part, but after the game, <laughs> everybody loves each other in rugby, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. Going back to Ali there about um, teams, when, when I was captain uh, way back in uh, 84, mm. the, we played our first game against Jordan Hill and the Jordan Hill captain came up to me and said, it's nice to see you up in the leagues, um, hopefully we'll both be going up. We went up and they were relegated. Oh. <laughs> That's a shame. I think, I think then they had to go and merge with Hillhead, didn't they? That's uh. it. So oh my God. It was just a sign of the time. <laughs> Hopefully not jinx that this year. Though. Um, no, but also this year, there's also going to be the regional development leagues um, for new teams, um, the second and third teams as well. Obviously, thriving second teams as well at both clubs as well. So how do you think this is going to help the game grow, especially with trying to bring new people in as well? Competitive rugby at second 15 level is very important. That's where the that's where the players that get injured in the first, they have to be replaced from your seconds. So having a competitive league structure is very, very important. I think it does nobody any good winning 100-0. Mm. Uh, I think, so. having looked at our friends in the West, I think some of their games last year, uh, GHA's seconds, were, were putting on masses of points against teams. So if they, uh, I take it they're in the new development stuff, yeah, they were against. We're actually playing against them. Must we're playing against them? I'm pretty sure this year as well. I could be wrong. Don't maybe wrong. Yeah, but um, the, I think the wider game. You know, the borders have had a lot of second fifteen fixtures uh, amongst themselves. Edinburgh has got a good core of second fifteen. The West, I think, just needs needs to up its game in the seconds, and that's where you get it. You, you, they are the, the breeding ground, if you like, for first 15 players. I think it's, it's important to remember, the, at least for myself, the social side of it that it brings as well, because you do have those fringe players who either just aren't there yet, have not had the experience to get into your seconds and first 15s, and they maybe some of your older players that just want to play the odd game of rugby here and there, no pressure, there's no cups, there's nothing like that, you don't need to worry about getting promoted or relegated, but you can just come down to your local rugby park and play for 10, 15 minutes in some people's experience, just get a wee run around and throw about your friends and then afterwards have maybe a pint or two, who knows, uh, to really enjoy that, that social club rugby, which I think a lot of people in Scotland really enjoy about it. I think you say, definitely say it must have been our super twos, as they like to call themselves. <laughs> uh, they, they certainly enjoy the social aspect yes. of it. Yes. Really. I'll tell you that now. 
Well, don't we all? Um, listen, thank you both so much for joining us um, today. It's been absolutely fantastic to hear about the journeys that both Musclebra and Dunfermline have been on. Um, and we're really looking forward to seeing how you guys both do uh, this season. Very best of luck to you. Um, we're now going to be joined by Andrew Mitchell and Frankie Robson from Kelso and Hoik as we look ahead to the first round of the men's premiership. So obviously looking at 50 years of history and now looking ahead to the upcoming men's premiership season, uh, we are delighted to be joined here at Mansfield Park, the home of the first ever champions, Hoik, by Andrew Mitchell from Hoik and Frankie Robson from Kelso. Guys, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, first off, Andrew, we'll start with yourself. Um, looking back to last season, obviously reigning champions, but that final and that moment as well, you were playing in that match as well. What was that feeling when Ronan McKean went over the line uh, with seven seconds to go? Probably relief, to be honest. <laughs> I generally thought deep doing that we had done all that hard work through the season and we had lost it in the last game. So just a bit of relief and then emotions run high. It took a couple of weeks to like kind of settle in that we had actually went and won it. So, nah, it was decent. You obviously had to regroup quite quickly because then you also were competing in the Scottish Cup, which you then got to the final at Murrayfield and you took that title as well. So to claim those two titles in one season, that's a massive achievement. What have the overall feelings been at the club? Um, pretty massive, obviously. it was just, They must have put Hoyt back at the top of the club game where we belong. So to get win both, to win one would have been... Fine, but to go on and win the double was pretty special, especially unbeaten. I was going to say, I'm looking right now behind you at some of the posters as well, and you can clearly see like just the history as well of Hoyk. You've done it before as well, and I think that was the last time as well. You might have won the league as well, so obviously to win that after so many years and, as you say, bring Hoyk back up to the top of the club game, it must be really special for the boys. I'm sure last it was 20 years ago since we last won it like, through Hingy, so nah, obviously all the players that have played in the past, like, we can what it means to wear a jersey like it's it's a big thing like you didn't take it for granted when you get shot because there's always somebody ready to go to take your space if you slip up and you might never get back so you have to be ready to earn your jersey it's quite good as well obviously as you said there's quite a lot of boys that play for the club that have come from Hoyk you yourself you're one of those boys so it must be even more of an honour then to represent your hometown club and to go on and do such great success as well I think everybody in the squad has literally came through the youth system, bar a couple's for Langham, but everybody else has played through, right through the minis, right through at Hoyke. Frankie, you've been from Kelso, one and bred, and you guys were the National One champions last year, quite dominating style as well, 20 wins out of 22. How's it feel to be back in the Premiership after 23 years away? It's really good, yeah. I mean, um, took a lot of hard work. It was a hard season. It was a long season, you know, like with a rearranged fixtures after the Queen died and after Frost frost uh, disrupted some of the season. We couldn't play on the artificial pitches when they were frosty and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it um, it took a while, but we got there in the end and um, it was really hard work, but really worth it as well, yeah. But yeah, absolutely paying off, um, pulling out all these really consistent performances, but a lot of like really narrow and really challenging um, games for you particularly that final game where mm -hmm. you earned your promotion away to Highland just two points separated you and um, what does it take to be able to stick into those really challenging games yeah you gotta have a good team atmosphere um we've got a good uh, spirit in the team and 
a lot of respect for the two coaches that we have, things like that. A, a lot of things came together to create it. It wasn't just one thing really, but um, I must say we did peak and trough through the year. We sort of, I would say on the field, we peaked for the, there was a spell around about March when we played Ayr and Melrose at home. Uh, that was when we were playing our best rugby and we really, really physically dominated those two teams. Um, then there was about a month until the end of the season whereby at that point it, it's the sort of uh, the atmosphere sort of shifted. It was less we could win the league here, it's more we're favourites, we probably should win the league here. And that brought a different pressure that um, took a bit of adapting to. But um, yeah, that last month wasn't even that enjoyable, I'm not going to lie. It was really <laughs> stressful. Uh, but the, in terms of the Inverness game up in Highland, um, it's a hard place to go. Not many teams in that league win there. Um, traditionally in the last few years since they've been in that league they've uh, really made their home ground their fortress and uh, I must say I didn't do much to help it when I got a yellow card just before half time but <laughs> oh. we got over the line in the end uh, I was going to say it was a really close game it was only 7-5 was, was, as well yeah. were you rooting them at Hoyk as well to come up as well in return or was there um, I obviously because it's a shorter trip than what <laughs> <laughs> anything for less travel <laughs> no but I think it is a massive testament to the strength of Borders rugby, obviously, rugby is synonymous with the Borders because there's been so much talent that's come through. Obviously, the Sevens really started here. But how good is it to see that there are now four Border sides competing at the top level of domestic game? Like, what does that just say about the Borders? It's good. It's, uh, as Andrew says, it's less travel, but it's also... Uh it's just, there's a lot of pride here. Um, a lot of the lads, Andrew just said, pretty much everyone in the Hoyk team's from Hoyk. Well, we're not quite that stage at Kelso, but we're certainly going that way. Um, we've got a huge Kelso contingent. Um, we also, I think there was 13 lads stepped up from the under 18s last year. Now, a couple of them will go away to university. We always get that in the borders, not having a local uni. We do lose people every year, but um, we'll definitely, you know, there's a good 10 of them here training every night. We're getting 40 boy, forty plus boys to training and uh, it makes for a really good team atmosphere. Um, I'm sure the other clubs are the same. I'm sure Hoik's the same, but there's, a, there's an incredible pride in playing for your hometown, definitely. Amazing, and obviously you've just touched on that pre-season. Um, we're coming up to the beginning of the Premiership. So, um, Andrew, how has your pre-season um, been running with Matty Douglas? It was pretty fast and furious, obviously, because the way we went, we had to get time off, so we've only really been in for five or six weeks. <coughs> so we had to come in pretty much at a decent level of fitness so we could get the ball in hand straight away. Excellent. And... Frankie yourself, obviously it's a step up yeah. into the Premiership, so what are the squad working on to make sure that you're ready for that next challenge? Yeah, we've actually just got a new strength and conditioning coach during the off-season as well, so Kenny's down and uh, it's uh, mixing it up a bit. It's not just running, you know, lengths of, lengths of the field just to get fit, it's trying to make, make silly little games that boys think they're having a bit of a laugh, but you're actually getting miles in the clock and getting the ball in the hands. It's just trying to keep people not getting stale, you know, uh, mixing it up, but keeping the fitness high. And um, now that the games have started, it's slightly different. But um, yeah, it's just an upward curve till that first weekend in September. I was going to say that first weekend in September, it's coming by pretty quickly, it's obviously. It's by fast, yeah, yes. no, For yourselves, obviously, you're away to um, Marsabrat, Stony are, Hill. Yeah. Andrew, you're at home to Hoik, sorry, to Hawks, you're at uh, Mansfield. 
How are you guys preparing for that first game? What are you guys looking forward to the most? Just getting back into competitive rugby, I suppose. Obviously, we've got a different pressure this year. We've got a target on our backs. We've got a title to retain. So, like, every game's going to be tough. We're going to have to up our game because every other team's going to find a bit extra because it will be the first team to beat us. Yeah, I so under no illusions, it's going to be tough. We know that we're the, uh, we're the newcomers and sort of... Uh, a lot of teams will maybe look at us as that could be a win, you know, but um, we really just want to week by week uh, take every game differently and just try and uh, try and attack every game as best we can. Um, we know we've got a bit of fight in us, we know we can go to 80 minutes, we know we can scrap with a lot of teams, but I think we're probably playing a bit better rugby now than we were a couple of years ago, you know, um, a bit more expansive, we've got a bit on the edges as well as just a big strong forward pack, so I think... Um, I think, from a Kelso point of view, we're just look, really looking forward to ripping into some of these challenges. And from both of you as well, you guys play each other in the third round on the 16th of September. Are you guys looking forward to facing off against each other? Um, <laughs> 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 Good old Borders It's always nice to have a Border Derby. It brings a lot of people in to watch through the gates. So Definitely. And it's a different kind of game, obviously. like it's no, You're not playing the city teams. It's literally you're playing for pride in like, the Borders. Like it, bragging rights pretty much. Do you find it a bit more aggressive then, a bit more kind of like old style rugby, definitely was a bit more hard hitting and really kind of like, as you say, you're playing for passion, you're playing for pride? Yeah, quite possibly. It's um, it's always tough It's always tough when you play hike, whether you're a city team or a borders team, but um, we just, we look forward to the challenge. Um, we're under no illusions, it's going to be tough like, but um, it's a nice pitch. It's uh, we're getting here in summer rather than in the middle of winter, oh, which yeah. uh, makes a difference. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm really looking forward to coming to the teams like Hoyk, like your Curries, like your big teams. Uh, Kelso feel that that's where we belong, and um, we want to make a good showing of ourselves this year. Um, listen, boys, very much uh, the best of luck to you both um, in your opening round of the Premiership. Um, make sure that you stay tuned to all the results and the fixtures via the Scottish Rugby website. Well, that is us for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the second part of our Community Rugby Special. Um, big thanks to our guests, Drew Johnson, Ali McDonald, Andrew Mitchell and Frankie Robson for joining us. Don't forget to tune in next week as we bring you more exclusive content from the Rugby World Cup. <laughs>